you know constantly changing directions right marketing has to follow a strategy or a direction right it's a lot about repeatability uh, in whatever you're saying you can't say one thing and say another thing tomorrow and another thing tomorrow so repeatedly changing directions and strategy uh, is a very very big problem most of the times i've been blessed with awesome sales partners but if you don't get a very good partner in sales that's that's a very big problem for marketing we cannot succeed unfortunately Hi everyone I am Arvind Parthipan here and once again we are back at SaaS Boomies Marketing Nation podcast series episode 2 and today I have a very very interesting guest in our podcast and uh, she is not just a fellow marketer but she is also a partner in crime in the SaaS Boomy volunteers volunteer team uh, had the opportunity to work with her for a very long time and she has been a fractional cmo for not just one two i think it's more than 100 uh, she has been a fractional cmo for a lot of startups and uh, and she is right currently heading the marketing and the business development for imoca so without further ado i want to introduce mansi sangi hi mansi how are you hi arvin thanks for the quick introduction and a nice one but <laughs> did i get it right this time <laughs> yes you did <laughs> <laughs> All right yeah welcome welcome to our uh, podcast uh, episode 2 uh, i think it's already too late you should have been in our first one uh, as well uh, okay so today we're going to talk a lot about marketing it's not just going to be smb mid market enterprise like name it all kind of marketing uh, pretty excited to um, talk about it so the this is what i i'll jump right into it right so you have seen multiple startups from very small size to uh like a company which has got product market fit and then they have been in growth stage like different kind of companies you have seen like i i want to uh talk to you about two things like how what kind of team structures you have seen and what do you think is ideal team structure for a marketing org and i would also also go little bit further uh, follow up question which i'll probably ask later like let's start with that what do you think is an ideal team structure for marketing org so actually the ideal team structure would uh, definitely start from uh, first deciding which is the uh, what is the kind of product that i'm selling and to whom right and also with geography after you know having that kind of analysis you see where which kind of channel is going to make more sense for you is it going to be inbound is it going to be outbound is it going to be more abm right depending on uh, that you decide the ideal team structure uh so if you know your target segment is enterprising definitely need uh, an outbound team to be created uh and that becomes a priority right because outbound is very specialized any digital marketer any inbound person will not be able to handle the abm that is required or the outbound that is required but that being said uh, uh content is a must for any company so uh, somebody in content as somebody who understands seo either an agency or in house is definitely needed a good website some you should have control over your website either uh, you know you have a, Word, a wordpress or or any such tool where you can manage it yourself but a resource to manage uh, con- constant changes on the website right for your campaigns for even for outbound that is needed for everything you need uh, a website resource in house or out in in so in house or outsource doesn't matter so yes depending on who's the segment i will decide the team but you definitely need somebody in content and you definitely need somebody to manage your website i'm saying because we generally uh, small companies have very very small teams and you know when in one company that was the first marketer then the maximum team size was 5 currently in imoca we were as we are a team of 50 right so it can range from uh, 3 to 50 so depending on how do you scale up you definitely need uh, you know like i said an inbound person a content person a website person and if there is outbound you need two bdrs for sure so let, let me let me break it down right like say so let's leave uh, we have spoken enough about companies where to start with a marketer where, what do you do as an initiative but let's let's little bit move further to company which has product market fit has figured out an uh, a good predictable inbound engine and they are creating an additional channel let's say outbound engine and they are at a revenue of 1 to 5 million somewhere in that range right like so you basically say you need to have a content team you need to have an inbound team bdr team to do outbound 
and the owner owner to manage the website is that right, right. that is absolutely correct so if i i can give you a little idea about how we have structured the team here in imoca imoca yeah right so uh, what we've done here is base the team on kras right what is that particular team's responsibility and output right which is clearly measurable for them right so uh, so like i mentioned one is the outbound team and uh, we structure that in parallel with how the sales organization is structured within the organization if it is regional if it is industry based right we've tried both models so however the sales organization gets structured the outbound team gets structured accordingly in a parallel way uh, then we have an inbound team the uh, the inbound team is separate and that takes care of seo of performance marketing of email marketing the entire website automation making sure the hubspot etc is configured uh, properly the content team has the care of making sure we get enough opt-in subscribers because everything doesn't come into a direct lead right and as a marketer you keep building your reach or the base of people whom you want to market to and who know about you so their kr is clear their content should create more subscribers more downloadable content etc and stuff like that whereas the inbound team only focuses on direct leads right how many leads have gone into sales qualified leads how many demos are done you know how many opportunities are created their kra is directly uh, with the pipeline and the content team is for more opt-ins uh the outbound team again is clearly for opportunities for sales then we have a brand team the brand team mostly works on pr on thought leadership articles very different from what inbound team does their content writer works more listicles things that will get clickbait onto the website right quickly convert them into leads brand team works on more thought leadership content so i have a different kind of writer different kind of thought process which doesn't mix in the core content team they also work on analyst relationships uh you know we have to connect with multiple analysts tell them about us we they keep researching on who's writing about the tools in our industry and haven't mentioned us so we connect with them tell them give them a demo tell them about our customers so that next article we are mentioned and we keep tracking where all we get mentioned has it increased not so they take care of that bit uh and uh, then we have an events team they have their own pipeline target so they do just not, not just the logistical bit they do the pipeline generation bit uh, for events as well and they also give uh, partnership gtm uh, support so their aes try to build a relationship with them whatever gtm support is needed constantly following up with them so that's how the team is structured right now at imoca that's quite quite extensive so i'm i'm assuming uh, imoca is majorly focused on mid market and enterprise right yes it is uh, since the last one and a half year uh, so when we joined it was a shift from smb focused marketing to enterprise so yes now it is primarily enterprise and marketing so see, i i think i personally went through this one same problem of uh, uh, freshworks where we moved from smb to mid market and how the whole org has to uh, like kind of had to uh, go through this process but before me answering it i want to here your experience on how is the shift from moving from smb to enterprise like not even with market you just said enterprise uh, what kind of challenges did you face like how was that shift uh, personally uh, for you i would see that the shift was uh, felt by the entire organization not just by marketing themselves right i think the biggest shift was first of all the product itself has to change how uh, you know how smb works and how outbound works is very different the sales itself changes smb is this is a product buy it and use it whereas when it come to enterprise you know there is the solutioning to it there is some customization to it so uh, you know all of while all of that was going on the way the sales happen you know sales people are used to shorter sales cycle right smb like 2 to 3 months sales will close also most of the leads are coming from inbound people are searching they make quick decisions acv is low right so uh, the uh, intent to buy is there in, in, you know urgency is there so if you look at bant everything got qualified immediately sales is excited right now when it shifts to enterprise the everything changes first of all you are talking to not one person in that account you are working you are talking to multiple people their influencers their decision makers you just can't talk to decision makers you can't just talk to influencers you have to talk to both so that's a shift the sales people have to shift firstly because everything in enterprise marketing 
is driven oh, by I, them. I want to uh, point out one thing. So I just want for the audience, for whoever is listening, it's this. She breathes to it, but I want to emphasize how important that is. See, when it comes to decision maker in SMB, it is very easy. Like it's like a very small ACV. It's like straightforward. You sell it to them. But when it comes to enterprise, there are multiple decision makers, and there are a lot of roadblocks. And how to tackle the multiple decision makers, user versus uh, kind of an uh, they might have even a panel, and then finally, as you said, reaching out to the decision maker is a very very tough de- addition. Though there are a lot of times we would have had all the checklist of the product, but the decision ma- maker probably would have gone for a golf somewhere with a big company and would have uh, the last day they might lose. Like that is a very very tough problem when it comes to enterprise. I think probably you should take a minute in explaining that and how to handle this multiple decision makers too. Even in content, not just the sales, right? Even in marketing, multiple decision makers, your sales collaterals to your website to everything targets to you services. Multiple decision makers to your uh, uh, so right. Uh, that's a very interesting. Uh, so I'll tell you a one perspective. The very interesting thing is not to ignore certain signals. You have to understand you have an excellent product marketing fit in SMB, right? And that is where you've seen started seeing some early adopters of uh, enterprise, and then you start thinking that yes, this is where I need to shift. My ACP can grow. I can have larger revenue, and you start thinking that this is the right time. for me to shift from smb to enterprise now that shift happens and there is a lot of excitement because you have you know 5 to 10 great enterprise customers and now you start creating a demand generation engine what a demand generation engine needs in enterprise is a uh, firstly clear messaging so product marketing becomes extremely important there right what is the uh, product marketing for uh, enterprise very different because like you mentioned what appeals to a decision maker is very different from what appeals to an influencer in many times you have to create icps differently the sweet icps you know that we used to talk about this can you know icp loves uh, watching sports and has a dog all of those won't work so you here basically have to talk about an icp and what is his designation what makes him succeed at his job what is his fears what will make him lose his job things like that you have to talk think about that and you know on a daily basis what will he be searching what he needs uh, and the product marketing is very important you need to have uh, a value proposition uh, what is the business benefit what is the extra advantage you are giving as opposed to your competition many a times there is no clear differentiation so you have bits and pieces and you have to formulate that and how that comes together is to uh i think product marketing in this stage has to be involved in all conversations from the demand gen bit which is the exploratory calls that happen very important right we are setting up meetings sales are on that meetings they either translate into opportunities or not product marketing has to sit on all of these calls and note down where opportunities get created by and where it doesn't create get it and why now what happens what i've seen is that inbound is always works even in enterprise because again they are looking for something you they come make a decision and done other channels events outbound right all of those things now what happens is that uh, con- uh, again your conversion is low so low uh, you know your sales cycle is very long uh, now in this what happens is you start making a decision whether this channel is correct or not correct right but what you have to see is these signals so here uh, what what we experienced was that sales continuously says that the leads are not good right so we can continuously work on who we are following up what kind of companies what kind of need right but if let's say the numbers say that you have a large number of top of the funnel for example meetings nothing converting into opportunities that is actually a signal not for the channel that is actually a signal for product marketing because so many conversations not leading into opportunities means there is something to be yeah, fixed mismatch in product market yeah. because yeah. if you are talking to the right kind of company you defined segment size decision maker uh, you know right designation still the conversion rate is low then that's a product marketing so there the messaging becomes extremely important now what do you need in product marketing is just simple i mean you have to have the right problem and the right urgent problem not something that you have assumed so you start with an assumption and keep checking on it through these conversations whether 
this is really an urgent need or not and uh, <laughs> listen to that carefully so that is i think uh, very important that is the most difficult journey that we had not accepting that uh, this is a product marketing problem right and we have to create probably a little shift in the product is needed to understand the real need for which people will buy because there is a need that is why people came for a meeting right correct nice nice that's that's very interesting so coming back to your uh, shifting challenges right like how did you do it like for, for me personally right like we tried so smb it's okay to have your whole website your content the tone can be easy the choice of color for your design everything was like it's kind of like a, we are a cool kid in the block kind of a marketing team to when it comes to enterprise it's more about little bit uh, serious uh, Uh, like even the arch type became little serious it's more about building brand trust uh, case studies and the collaterals like uh, in a short form what i saw was like heavy lifting was done by marketing on website versus heavy lifting when it comes to enterprise was more towards trust and brand collateral sales enablement and so on like so i just wanted to see like how were you able to like and we we were let we were able to create two team but doing the shift was not easy to be honest like what were your challenges for these shifts i think uh, the good thing for me was that the uh, the team that i built for enterprise was completely new the only team that was common from the smb to enterprise shift was the inbound team right the seo team to be precise right so i think i feel from the when a shift happens from smb to enterprise seo does not change because uh, seo and many people try to do that change and then it's a big big stumble because once lost never regained <laughs> is the situation so seo was the same and we you know uh, made sure that that team makes sure that you know their krs have not changed though we kept tracking the kind of enterprise leads we are getting now for the rest Uh, the mindset shift is very important so for for imoca for example like you mentioned smb is very simple messaging right skill assessment is equal to imoca and the whole company was going to talk we would talk about this even the customers would talk about this which means that the smb marketing was done really well right so but now we have to shift to enterprise it's it's like you said more serious less gimmicky the marketing tactics that worked for smb don't work writing or awesome doing some interviews all nothing works right all of those things you try and you keep failing and uh, because gimmicks don't work you have to have an actually clear value prop value addition for enterprises because they are putting in millions of dollars into your product right so the shift is for me how i did it was uh, you know having constant uh, you have to have constant trainings for your team keep drilling you know every time you have a meeting like how sales manager would do every time you have a meeting you talk about enterprise what is the problem you know what is it so uh, one thing that we started like for the bdr team etc we started an open channel in teams right which is which was called the demo update channel i feel that is the richest source of information in this stage so every time a demo happened right a conversation happened uh, the bdr was supposed to be part of that and he was supposed to give a big long detailed update on the channel on what happened who came who was the icp what was his starting conversation about what did we pitch how did the conversation change we recorded everything right and from that we uh, made sure that everybody is taking inputs you know which which use case is coming again and again which use case is irrelevant etc and stuff like that now uh, the sales collateral bit so the product marketing team sits differently from our demand gen team right now because we only work on pipeline and the product marketing team is mostly giving sales enabled collateral like you mentioned our current product marketing team person is excellent so they he has solved the problem brilliantly right so he has created sales suitcase for the entire uh, company so uh, you know they broken down everything into uh uh you know into kind of a collateral repository removed first of all all the noise and made brought it down so you know we had hundreds of documents everything was removed and now we have only a very uh very curated set of focused documents having battle cards for internal use and for external use and constantly you know iterated based on what is working what is not working and stuff like that right and uh, like i mentioned it it keeps getting richer 
as and when you get move wins and losses as well so uh, that's how it worked it's mostly a, a training and a, and a uh, training and a mentality shift from starting thinking about enterprise talking about that person as if you really know so if you're targeting a talent acquisition person everybody in your marketing team should be able to talk about them with extreme confidence you know what they do on a regular basis the words they use uh, you know things like that so i think we make sure we have a lot of uh, trainings we make sure there's a lot of exchange of information our excel sheets where we track our pipeline are also detailing you know what use case is this demo talking about why is not a opportunity why is it an opportunity all those analysis when spread across i think uh, the team gets trained for enterprise thinking the uh, the product marketing team has solved the problem for us in terms of sales collaterals right so they have first of all reduced the noise and from hundreds of documents now we are down to you know the 50 core documents and they are structured in a way where when we talk about core products what are the documents or sales enabled what documents to use from the branding perspective if we've taken a position that we are an innovation company that innovates in the domain of let's say skill assessments or the type of assessment so they have a different collateral for that as well to prove that point right so customer case studies curated ones again segmented so i think they have and battle cards as well that's you know iterative process keeps on building but yes the product marketing team uh, is very much in touch with sales constantly what is needed what is so a lot of requests come not all need to be catered initially what we did wrong was in product marketing every request was a fresh document right so when that is happening means something is gone wrong right so you need to have like a standard set where only certain tweaks are needed maybe for the industry maybe for that uh, you know personalizing it for that company etc and stuff like that so once you have reached that say stage of repeatability uh, in in your sales collaterals means you've now done product marketing right so not many of you know uh, manse is like a proper process a uh, person in uh, in in our org and uh, i re- really want to talk about the process part in this episode right like see uh, you spoke about how you structure the team and i i want to go a little deeper on uh, like how what kind of process because marketing especially product marketing and uh, outbound uh, sdr teams and everything right you, you work with multiple teams you work with product teams you work with uh, sales team and to make sure uh it efficiently runs process is a very very important but like a lot of people will uh like ignore that but to get this to success process is very important and krs are very very important so can you dig a little bit deep dive on how your sdr function and sales work together how product marketing and product work together and even also the sales enablement how you measure how what is the kind of process you have set up we'll start with inbound quickly we'll cover that i think everybody knows about that inbound process is very clear right we start from a top down analysis obviously we look at how much revenue is coming from inbound the split of the revenue how much of that is coming from smb from enterprise from mid market etc and stuff like that now from that particular segment we also do analysis on where uh, you know which industry uh, that we were targeting we are getting most revenue from right so we know that where we are weak in inbound so if if you know let's say a target job a target segment is banking but we are not getting very few inbound requests from banking which means that is a signal for our team to uh, work in that particular industry and stuff like that how do we create processes process become very important right now because my team is pretty much hybrid right uh, so we have all my team leads are in different cities so process becomes very very important for uh, for us right so what the first thing we did is we created an okr structure uh, which was led by the uh, ceo's office uh, what is the revenue what every channel needs to what every demand generation channel needs to give in terms of pipeline to sales right so it could be 4x 5x depending upon whatever is the conversion rate right and of that particular channel so we divided that now for the team leads that is the uh, uh, pipeline is the main goal then the second or third you know kras that i maintain is the conversion rates right so for example inbound is pretty simple for outbound there is opportunity and there is an immediate opportunity there is also some latent opportunity or future opportunity because uh, immediate need for outbound is is not always there 
So we also keep a rate. So not all the pipeline should be future, right? What is the percentage split that we expect from outbound? They, if they, you know, they have gotten meetings, but we need to make sure that 40% of them are immediate need, right? And stuff like that. So first is the top level KRAs. Then we make sure every single person within a team, also somebody who's writing content, knows what is expected out of them and how it actually influences the revenue. So, uh, like I mentioned for the content team, it is clear. You know, they are getting requests from everywhere and we will cater to them. But at the end of the day, uh, and we make sure we ask them, the KRA was to increase opt-ins. How many have they increased? So, if they've taken up tasks which have not resulted in increase in uh, opt-ins, it's a big problem. So, they need to learn to say no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can see me smiling here when you said that. No, so I think it's important. Uh, especially when you're in a content team and product marketing team, right? Uh, yeah. Sometimes we can get carried away, carried away with number of articles we wrote yeah. or blogs we written, and like everybody can like even the recency effect, like some campaign we might have to. Go. But end of the day, if you don't have the care and what is the uh, objective, right? Like we will, it can be like a headless chicken running all over the place. Yes, so yes. that is very, very important to know why, why we are writing what we are writing and where it's going to impact in our, uh, right. please continue. Yeah. So definitely. So the, so the thing is that the weekly meetings only talk about an OKR sheet. So it only looks at, so it tracks monthly. This was the number of opt-ins. Where are we right now? So you may have done hundred things. It doesn't matter because this is not moved. So every week conversation is only on this. And then we have a deep dive at the end of the month. For some teams, I do it only once a quarter, where we talk to every individual person, also understand, you know, what are they working in terms of activities? Is there a scope of improving in terms of efficiency? So that those decisions we take, I take only on a quarterly basis for most of the teams. But on a monthly basis, if you are, if you as a lead is taking the conversation only on that number, they will also start saying no to things that is not going to impact it because, you know, every week you have to answer to that number. Right. So that's the, uh, so we have, we use HubSpot, obviously we use tools, but I am a very heavy Excel user. And because of some of the drill downs and analysis and playing around with the numbers cannot be done on, on dashboards. So, uh, so we have our Excels and uh, everybody, and, and we, I make, uh, there's, you know, I have seven tab Excel, which all the teams, so that's one, one central thing that we discuss every week, which has goes to the pipeline. So first is the pipeline discussion then the opportunities, then what were the number of demos done for outbound? It could be then the number of calls that we made has that dipped as that influenced, right? If the conversion rate changes immediately, right? You're making hundred calls leading to 10 meetings. Suddenly, you know, hundred is leading to no meeting. Then it's a concern. Then something has gone wrong in the market, etc., and stuff like that. So we keep going drilling down like that. And then we, like I said, we also do a discussion on what was the conversations that happened during demos and stuff like that. So uh, everything uh, from the process, from this, from the outbound process, uh, like you mentioned, <laughs> you have to do a lot of coordination with sales. Sales, yeah. For the inbound. And interesting, just for the audience, your uh, SDR team reports into marketing. It's not with the yes. sales, correct? Right, yeah. it is. So when I joined, it we used to report into sales. It did well there also. But uh, I think uh, the only difference here is sales gives a lot of on-ground perspective. Because they are talking to customers day in and day out, meeting customers, you know, every day they are full of these conversations, meetings, what has led to a win, what has, met, a lot has, what has, you know, led to a loss. They have the entire strategy for the account with them. They know what will work, who to talk to, what to talk to them about, right? And, but what happens is behind a BDR engine success is also processes. Like I mentioned, you have to make X number of calls. You have to make sure you follow a cadence. You have to make sure there's a multi-channel follow-up, not just call, not just emails. It has to be LinkedIn. You have to use sales navigator properly. So mostly what happens is when AE and SDR uh, work together, some teams work very well because the AE is awesome. But in some, they fail. So what we've done is we kept it flexible. Wherever the AEBDR relationship is working fine, we don't. We just don't touch that. We let them work the way they are working, right? And wherever, wherever else, we have a process in place, and we make sure that the meetings need to be there. Meetings continue. The conversations continue to happen through the BDR team, right? Now the second problem. Uh, 
that we are trying to solve is what happens to those meetings right they get stuck in the top of the funnel and they never move down right because not all of them are immediate uh, need for buying because they've not reached that stage where they are looking at a switch in vendor mm-hmm. you know they already have a so the goal of sdr is not just to create opportunity but they have to see it through till sale is that how you are set up yes so for the bdr so sdr is BDRs. different we call bdr yeah for the bdr uh, SDRs are people who only take care of inbound opportunity here in IMO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. BDRs are people who are purely outbound focused. Outbound, and they create opportunity, and they have to make sure it goes till till. That's when their KR yes. is set up like that. Correct. So now, so earlier we used to have a KR of making sure they build opportunity. So basically, once a salesperson said this is either a current opportunity or a future opportunity, we would take that as a. Uh, you know, uh, that's the KRA for them. So it's an opportunity, either current or future. But what we felt was that this is not moving down the funnel. The the outbound is not, uh, you know, resulting in a lot of closures. So the experiment we are doing right now is now we have taken up the top of the funnel stage in BDRs as well, because it requires a long-term nurture, right? So we, and what is, so we, we, we break it down as a process, we've broken it down. How do you know that this will convert? There are three signals mainly. Number one is, is the customer interacting with whatever your emails you're sending or whatever, and is he talking to you, right? So if it has been more than four weeks with no uh, engagement with the customer means it's red, right? Then BDR follow-up. Is BDR following up? If there is no follow-up in two to three weeks, again, it's a red. And it cannot be one kind of, we've broken down the follow-up into four kinds as well. One is a general hello, hi. On LinkedIn, you know, have you sent a LinkedIn congratulation message? We saw this article, stuff like that. A case study follow-up, new product update follow-up. So we've broken it down into the, so we are also going to track the kind of follow-up, the richness of follow-up that you have. And the third, so this is, yeah. uh, Just a quick question. So uh, the list is completely uh, curated or is it also the event list uh, leads come to the videos? So uh, event team also work in a similar manner, but they have their own BDRs. So the outbound oh, they have team, a separate BDR. Okay. Yes. So the okay. outbound team is very different. The event team works in an exactly similar manner, but they report okay. to the event head because they build a pipeline through the events, right? So okay. That so I thought the event leads be, will be passed on to the uh, common the centralized BDR, but you have a separate BDR for events. Yes. That's interesting. So they have a separate BDR. They work directly with their AEs. And nice. uh, I mean, they, they, do, they are not aligned to one single AE, but they work with all the AEs as required. But the outbound team is very closely aligned with the, with the AEs here. So, uh, so we, we track these two things, which measures the depth of you, you've gone into an account. And the third metric is now you also try and reach out to other contacts within the account. So if you had an influencer, you try to get a meeting with a decision maker or another department since we have a variety of products which can cater to three departments in an organization. So then we measure the depth. So if have you been able to get another meeting with a contact in a similar account? So these are the three things we will track now. We set up the process in place and I'm pretty much sure that this will help in an increased conversion rate from uh, SQL to solution. So that's what uh, we are doing right now. (laughs) I'm going to shift gears and... uh one of the teams which you manage is events and uh, and events usually is very critical when it comes to enterprise. Like it is consultative selling face-to-face and this helps a lot. And, and I, I really want to go a little bit deeper on your evolution and learnings in the event, especially on how you target your audience, how the messaging in events like website messaging versus collateral messaging to your events messaging uh, how did you position yourself in events? And I want to go a little deeper on your learning, especially in the enterprise market. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So, yeah. uh, you know, again, I look at it from the KRA perspective. We'll begin from there, right? So the okay. event has to do two things. Sometimes it has to, uh, you know, get a new pipeline, completely fresh pipeline uh, from events. And another thing is they also influence pipeline through events, right? So trade shows, uh, when you go for events, all of that mostly helps in a larger part of the first, which is new pipeline building. Whereas when you do those meetups, roundtable conferences, breakfast meetups, road shows, it mostly does is influence because you call people somehow you already know right 
uh, etc and stuff like that so we do both kind of events and the messaging for both is different first of all when you uh, go for an event depending on whichever industry uh, event you are going to right you need to understand what kind of audience it is right so if it is straightforward vertical then things are simple but for let's say uh, you know we target recruiters to lnd managers to chros to talent management heads also so first you need to understand which kind of audience is is majorly coming for that particular event and you need to tweak the messaging accordingly because what will appeal to a talent a recruitment person is very different from an lnd manager firstly the second thing what i've uh, learned is that we try and you know uh do a lot of gimmicky stuff on the booth in terms of messaging right some cool taglines and things like that of course your booth has to stand out i mean you have to do things that people will stop and look there's something for you to stop and that is the visual appeal that you will create so i've seen people experimenting with multiple things you know uh in booths they they even put some balloons or whatever you can put any gimmick to stop however the messaging on your booth in the up top half has to be most the top half and it has to be keywords it's actually very seo like in that manner right so there you will not say more searched keywords but you will see most uh, you know impactful in terms of uh, you know what uh, problems they are facing right now right so we've seen we do some really great messaging but mostly people are stopping only because of that one word that they saw on the booth right so instead of putting so many features you know big diagrams uh, nothing of that has worked so your keywords have to uh, you know on your on the top half has to be precise right so let's say if you are uh, helping organizations become skill first uh, from the imoca most of the people just stopped and came to understand how are you helping do that right then uh, let's say you are uh, solving a problem of certain use cases you know yes is proctoring difficult for you are are you is cheating a big problem something like that so i think uh, what has worked for us is to understand after attending multiple events so initially you know i used to get feedback from people and then you know try and tweak events but few times i realized going to an event yourself uh, will get, get and looking at all the other booths observing why people are stopping asking what made you stop right and over a period of time you will uh, identify what you need is the as the right keyword on your booth so i think the focus is not all gimmick the gimmick is only to stop and then you have to have the right keywords on your booth because a person will stop on one thing and and then on the booth management uh, i think where i've seen many saas companies have booths a few things is cluttered with too many features messages which is not required at all the second thing is the ability to handle a booth going out and getting people in not waiting for people to come on the booth is important so you need to train your people on that as well right mostly on events i've seen sales people attending trade shows what happens is only immediate pipeline comes in not the huge pipeline so you need to have a mix of somebody from the event so in like i said in my events team there is or dedicated bdrs and they scan every person who comes to the booth is scanned along with notes right every single person who visited we need to know why that visit even if it is junk we also know what kind of junk crowd comes right so you can't and you know see people came that's the only information you have but you also need to know you know what kind of people came why it was junk right out of 100 if 70 were junk what did they come for what did they talk to you about so we make sure that marketing person kra is to have notes across every person who stopped on the booth exactly right. you know so it's in, like people just come for swag some people just come to they are window shopping they are not even curious they don't there is no intent uh, so yeah. so you ask your uh, people who attend the events to mark those things and so that has been documented swag is a completely uh, different they come with bags <laughs> yeah to collect and everything uh, but conversations happen not everything qualifies from a sales perspective as an immediate opportunity but let's say the company is correct your like i say if your segment is correct it's a marketing qualified lead in the sense that the company looks okay the uh, designation and department is correct right so we need to record that and see events are also an opportunity for us to discover that okay we didn't even think that this segment was that important right but here we are getting let's say for example we went to an event assuming that we'll get more it but the maximum people who stopped uh, with conversation was banking 
right so that will give you an indication or to go back to the strategy table with the management to to discuss whether is there something that we are missing here so events are an opportunity for a lot of these discoveries uh, not just i think uh, pipeline building so but if you have sales basically you only do that so you need somebody who records these things for you to have further conversations because here the purpose of the event or a trade show is to understand what is happening in the ecosystem right so uh, so that's what we do and uh, uh, so we have two bdrs when we have an event one is of course what is the booth how do we make people stop what are the giveaways very important so we can do a lot of gimmick this time but we have if you go to us for example your giveaways can make you stand out because indians have a lot of amazing stuff to do on their booth right so that was our gimmick every would stop because that was the only different giveaway you know some very indianized very authentic interesting uh, posters bright that would you know be displayed in a manner that people would stop so anything and and obviously there are other gimmicks that we've tried as well in hotelogics we used to do a lot of interesting gimmicks in booths so uh, once we had a tagline saying you know we the super power of uh, super hero of hotels and then everybody and there was this person who dressed actually as uh, you okay. know oh <laughs> with the super hero <laughs> that's because funny because that was you know in a short uh, opening and then there is a logo of our new product basically so th- those things also work so for stopping so th- we work on that then the messaging the bdr team starts working you know one and a half months before the event so once is we don't get the people think we get the attendee list simply from you know, we get the attendee list we don't get the attendee list like that okay so you have to register to the account and you just get the names of the people sometimes and then you have to have an entire data mining activity on that so you need to find out their email ids their phone numbers or you need to connect with them on linkedin right and stuff like that so they start this process one and a half months before to make sure that uh, you know we have people visiting us so uh, you know we are given an information booklet on these other with a picture that this person is going to come to the booth this is the conversation we had and stuff like that and we've seen 80% of the people actually turn up from this bdr activity and they also know the name of the bdr because of the multiple reminders that they have said you know you must come and meet our ceo or whoever is there at the booth and stuff like that i have a quick question right like see uh, i i have this uh... when up when it comes to events people always tend to look at it as a legion activity as you rightly said it's not just legion activity you need to uh, use events as a one of the touch points where you create that uh, uh, trust saying that i am the here and usually this is going to help you in a longer run and even especially enterprise you also spoke about it's a long uh, life cycle to close right it might take 9 months or a year and it's like there might not be a need immediately but you are basically influencing in multiple touch points and events is one of the core thing so uh, so just to ask you this question like how do you make them remember with messaging and positioning or like what kind of collaterals you kind of create uh, during this events keeping this in mind so uh, mostly people is stop taking collaterals i don't know whether you've noticed the same thing people nobody wants to take brochures they don't have like this i think <laughs> uh, even if nobody looks at it so you have to make sure they remember you and we therefore make sure we have a bdr team to make sure that they remember you because there's a huge thank you for visiting the booth and we have a cadence that we follow that make sure that we recap the conversation that they had with us and stuff like that and make sure immediately a meeting is set right so uh, also let's say for example uh, i am at the booth and they met you and uh, so i will make sure you also are connecting and i have to follow up with the person that the uh, you know person came and met as well so from the collaterals perspective what has worked is obviously you need to uh, not here but what has worked for us in the previous company if that is a strong asset for you is a case study booklet right so we don't give it off to anybody but we keep it with us handy along with the qr code you want to scan and keep now when you're talking to somebody who came say you know this is what we do 
and these are you know case study booklet this is the customer so what kind of uh, so let's say for example hotels what kind of hotel are you you are independent so okay so these these are the kind of case studies we have are you a multi chain property these are the kind of uh, you know uh, case studies we have so like for example in us we can show you know your talent acquisition this 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 so if you have a strong booklet uh, in any case it uh, shows the credibility the strong case studies that you have and the you know it will obviously on your book have all the logos etc and stuff like that because i don't know if you face this problem but every time you cannot showcase the logo half of the time in the pmf stage you don't get permission <laughs> to showcase the logo so this comes a very very good document for us because we are not showcasing it but we can always tell the case studies Yeah, you can tell the story. You don't have to tell the uh, company name or brand or logo. That that's exactly what you're trying to say. You can make it about the problem statement and not the brand. Yes, and obviously in a one-on-one, unless it's specifically mentioned, right, that you cannot use the logo, but you can always mention that you know we work with these these, which is correct. That is allowed. And so you can always mention while on uh, talking to a person on that booklet that this is the customer and stuff like that, right? Uh, so that is not a problem at all because we always mention we work with these these companies in sales conversations. Uh, so that I think that is a very very strong booklet uh, 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 collateral for us to take. One thing that has not worked at all sometimes we like making these big booklets that look so nice with some great diagrams, you know, but nobody is there to study. <laughs> so that doesn't work at all uh, brochures i think if you have multiple products having one booklet with all the different products in it right so if somebody comes you can quickly just tell them uh, talk pick it up and talk about what is relevant to you so anything any collateral that helps you have a conversation while showing with a visual cue that will help actually i have a surprise uh, rapid fire round for you i know i didn't give you a heads up about it <laughs> huh? so are you are you ready call me with admin <laughs> kind of but don't worry the question will not be that hard <laughs> okay 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 as a marketer what is your biggest pet peeve mm. well that you said it's going to be an easy question what happened <laughs> <laughs> it is i'm just warming up warming up it's not even a tough question <laughs> so actually i think the my biggest pet peeve is uh you know constantly changing directions right marketing has to follow a strategy or a direction right it's a lot about repeatability uh, in whatever you're saying you can't say one thing and say another thing tomorrow and another thing tomorrow so repeatedly changing directions and strategy uh, is a very very big problem and i think uh, a second is obviously most of the times i've been blessed with awesome sales partners right and uh, you know but if you don't get a very good uh, you know partner in sales that's that's a very big problem for marketing we cannot succeed unfortunately we are a support function to the company <laughs> i totally agree okay if you were to uh, give one advice to a budding marketer uh, what would that would be i think for a budding marketer because i work with lots of uh, youngsters nowadays I think uh, one two advice one is I think I believe in less gimmicks and more foundationally correct marketing because that will take you a long way right and you can get people and ideas for gimmicks but uh, understanding marketing uh, you know specializing in your particular domain and going deep uh, is something that I feel is not happening a lot so I think that is one thing and constant upselling the channels keep changing the way they work uh and you know listening to these kind of podcasts right there is there are hundreds of awesome podcasts and i'll be frank i attend at least 10 uh, uh 10 uh, upskilling sessions a year uh i invest uh, a certain amount of uh, money in in sessions in conferences etc every year because there are so many not just strategical tactical things that will immediately move the needle for you uh etc and stuff like that you need to do because whatever you know there are hundred of things you don't uh from other marketers right so i think these two things most important become a specialist in at least one channel and keep adding and secondly constant upskilling i, I know marketing has been like in a turmoil after this all generative ai gpt and everything uh but without that uh, i'll keep it open like what is that one trend you foresee 
uh, in the marketing world one trend so you've taken generative ai away <laughs> no no even that it's a ocean you can say anything <laughs> no i think uh, let me think about it the yeah. biggest next trend in marketing um, what i'm seeing is that some of the traditional channels have stopped working completely right so you have to uh, a marketer today has to become much more of a conversationalist and a, a person who cannot sit behind the scenes anymore right email marketing has stopped working completely right any kind of content marketing you do there is just too much of noise out there in the market personal connections connects understanding abm uh, even for the content marketers i feel you need to start understanding the icp much more earlier when i used to do marketing you know somebody who is doing social media is just doing social media activity will work and uh, somebody who is doing email marketing just writing scripts will work but today it today understanding your icp understanding overall abm how it works even in smb to a certain extent uh, will make you a better marketer i think uh, the way we uh, train ourselves in becoming a marketer itself is going to change right now because channels channels are becoming very very noisy so how to have a conversation with the with your with the icp right is becoming more and more important for even the junior most uh, content writer or even a designer i understood last question uh, what's your favorite book go to book not some uh, harry potter kind of stuff okay favorite book for uh, marketers or business i love Uh, fanatical prospecting i keep reading it again and again and again because even marketing is like that only we are prospecting in a way right through all channels and uh, 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 so one of the kras i keep for my team is experiments right things are working but what is a new experiment that you've run in this quarter right so it's kind of an uh, so i think that book was an amazing book for me and i keep reading back to it again and again awesome archie So thank you so much for being part of Marketing Nation uh, podcast season 2 and uh, loved your conversation I really want to go deeper in some of the topics you touched especially enterprise uh, uh, like shift and going deeper in the messaging and positioning uh, uh, thank you so much and uh, looking forward for your uh, next episode thanks so much arvin this was really nice and i love listening to all the podcasts uh, because that is uh you know very much in touch with what is needed in marketing and also the practical problems we face while marketing in india saas so uh thanks for calling me here hope this was useful to the audience and i'll be looking forward to hear more of these podcasts from you absolutely thanks thanks man